Welcome to the Courage to Lead interview series for leaders who empower others to create supportive and inclusive workplaces where people can do their absolute best. Each week I will interview a leader who epitomizes the ability to empower others to lead and create amazing workplaces, environments and communities because of that skill. In these interviews I try as much as possible to let our guests do all the talking as they are the stars and not me. I trust you enjoy the lessons and wisdoms each guest shares, and if you're like me, listen to the interviews a number of times to capture some of the true gems of leadership we hear each week. Our next guest on the Courage to Lead interview series is someone pretty special, someone I've um, respected for so many years. His name is John Trevelyan, AM, former director of planning and events for the New South Wales government from 1999 before the Sydney Olympics through till 2015. We're about to hear and for the next hour and 20 minutes, um, a pretty amazing life of someone who is a absolute leader in the event industry for Australia um, and internationally recognized as well. I'll just go through some of the things that uh, John is responsible for in his life. He's, I think he's in his mid seventies now. So in, in the 1970s was a school teacher and he actually introduced the first work experience program for Australia when he thought that year 11 girls um, needed support to get into the workforce because at that time they were expected to not go on to university and start families. So in, in the 1970s, John Trevelyan and his, one of his other colleagues um, were responsible for introducing work experience to Australia. Then some of the other things, amazing things he did, he was responsible, he was part, part of the working group that actually put turf all the way across the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Um, if you remember when that event was, he was responsible for ensuring that all of the Sydney Olympics um, preparations and interagency meetings and everything were, were actually achieved at a highly professional level. And he's probably one of the the best people you will ever see and how he chairs a meeting and how he respects people in a meeting, but how he actually achieves an outcome because he respects the process. And he, he'll go into that in this interview. Some of the other things he did, uh, he, he was responsible for getting um, the Opera Winfrey show on the, op at, on, the, on the front steps of the Opera House, if you remember when that happened. Um, he was also responsible in, for work in the working group for getting the Indigenous walk across the Sydney Harbour Bridge um, and the centenary celebrations um, that happened in Sydney in the in around that time as well. So, and he will go into a number of other events that he's responsible and work with some, some amazing people. So let's just go through some of the little things we're about to hear in this interview about just gems of leadership that just come through. So John says that Leadership is about, a, it's about building not a competitive environment, but a friendship environment for those people who are working with you, where people can make mistakes and still grow. John believes strongly that you need a strong team with you that support each other and that does not compete each, with each other. He says, enjoying yourself is a crucial part of the mix, no matter the situation or the environment. John espouses, and he's pretty definite about this, you need to take the good people with you. Good people normally have time for other people and good people are hard to find. So if you're working with good people, take them with you. 
John believes in fairness and generosity. And with that, he establishes trust. And then he says that there has to be bravery in the way people lead. And you have to be successful with what is in front of you and surround yourself with good people. Again, he reiterates that throughout this interview. So that's enough from me. Let's get into John's interview. And at the end, I'll leave you with three leadership gems that John shares with us throughout this interview. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. I know everyone that's worked with John will just enjoy this interview a lot. Welcome to the next guest on the Courage to Lead interview series, someone who I have um, admired for years actually and, and learnt so much from, a very trusted and good colleague and I'd say a friend as well, John Trevelyan. Welcome to the show, John. Yeah, thank you, Alan. And um, I might say, uh, you know, like uh, what you just said, I've, I've enjoyed all our conversations, enjoyed the fact that... Um, we um you know like our conversations had an intensity to them even when we were just casual uh you know teammates in a sense so um you know i, I highly respect um your thoughts and um and and your leadership and and uh, the path and journey you've taken oh thank you john that's um that means a lot to me because uh i mean you are the you are the leader that i ident that identified early on, like you had this innate ability in your old position as um, director of um, planning and events for New South, the New South Wales government. Um, you used to chair these meetings with over 50 stakeholders with all varying um, uh, agendas and uh, goals that, that, that were off, off, often diver diversified. You, you And you conducted those, that, that arena with such dignity and such professionalism uh, and and made a, a meeting run to time without without any blues or arguments. So I learned so much from you. So thank, it means yeah. a lot that you said that. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so where we're at today is um, why why I thought to have you on the show, John, is um, in the in the Courage to Lead interview series, we interview all these wonderful leaders, and and some of these leaders are starting to identify the person who mentored them. Um, so Jan Willett. Was the um, was probably one of our most popular interviews so far, um, and she nominated you early on as as her greatest mentor, greatest coach. Um, so that's why you're on the show today. I thought it's only fair um, and and interesting for all our listeners um, to hear your story and and why Jan spoke so highly of you. So let's get straight into it. I, I think you wanted to say something about Jan then, didn't you? Or? Uh, look, only that. Um... Uh, you know, Jan's a very, very special person, a special leader. Um, I uh, had um, the good fortune of working with her in education. Uh, we were in both in leadership roles there, but we were a team and uh, we were a good team and we trusted each other. And over all those years, you know, you um, you, you feel funny saying these next sentences, but it wasn't till near the end that um, Jan played such a key leadership role in providing the environment that I sh I was able to on at some stages shine in, and um, and and that was the fact that um, there was trust, 
there was confidence in her leadership and um and 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 you know the all always the levels of um all of us have of um you know did we do the right thing there etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. but I, I just realized how important jan and people like jan but jan obviously stood out and uh, you know she she's an important person to me whenever i reflect on um on 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 the journey that i took and um and and it was it was because of that um uh 110% support and um and 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 you know not 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 creating a competitive environment but creating a friendship environment doing a difficult job and uh you know sometimes our the environments we create for ourselves leave us um you know like a little bit scared and a little bit um on edge but you know jan was part of uh, a leadership team a small leadership team that provided a, a tremendous environment for us to be able to make mistakes to still grow to still be with people and 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 all of us shared a warmth and a humor that was that that allowed leadership to you know and development and 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 our teams to grow well I think we could stop the interview right now. You've, you've just summed up. You've just summed up what it takes to to lead. You can't do it on your own. You need a uh, need a strong team with you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and t- a team that um, supports each other, not competes against each other. That's that's a pretty yes. good message, John. Um, yeah. But but I'm not going to let you get away with it. We'll we'll, we'll, get, we'll keep on in it. We'll keep on yeah. with the interview. So that's wow. That's a really uh, insightful. Um, look into what, how leadership can work. So we'll, we'll explore that um, because yeah. it, it's pretty important. You can't lead on your own. Yeah, yeah so that's real. That's really good. So let's get into the let's get into your interview, John. Um, the first question that I ask every guest is, "What was your first ever true experience of leadership, and why?" And it can kind of be it can be as a six year old kid, or it can be yesterday, or anywhere in between. If you can remember something that really struck yeah. you as that's that's leadership look um and <laughs> i'm not sure if it's just in um the trevilian sort of family um history and it's not true but um these days it's very funny but correct that kids go down and they play organized sport and um uh i i loved sport just gen generally love sport love swimming love loved all the sports and I went down um, in North Manly and registered myself at about six or seven years of age in in a soccer team called um, the Manly Stars. Uh, I think I was in that team for about four or five years because they didn't have under sixes or under fives or under. <laughs> you, you, they started at under tens, <laughs> and um, I, I had some leadership roles in that and captain roles. Um, my dad was coach one year and. Um, but you know, like uh, 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 definitely through sport, um, we interacted with um, uh, older adults other than your parents. Mm. Um, you um, had to make team decisions, or you know, you you didn't look at them as team decisions when you were that young. But yeah, uh, you were enjoying yourself. But I think you know, I I do think there's lots of activities in general that 
that help you develop leadership, that definitely help you develop trust and, you know, without going too deep into those words yeah. as well of trust and uh, com comradeship and, um, and 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 trying to resolve an issue sports a really good example if you if you're as intense as some young people are yeah, of yeah. um you know trying to trying to lead or trying to get a result that um that needs a few people thinking about it yeah that's pretty good um your your uh the the part the pathway you're taking us down is um like you've used trust so many times already and really that's um was probably if I could summarise Jan's uh, Jan Willett's interview. That was the biggest thing she she sought to achieve with um with everyone that she interacted with in in, a, in particular way. So yeah, uh, we're in for a good interview. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's pretty good. Pretty um yeah. pretty good. And I love um I love where you took a bit like uh you, you keep on saying you said this quite a lot too. It's enjoy yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've, yeah, you you talked yeah. about your your scary environment in in Premier and Cabinet um, as the director of planning and events. Yeah, but you you said uh, even though I was scared, it was important that we enjoyed ourselves um, yeah. and had humour. So it's pretty yeah. pretty good. So what's something yeah. about um, John Trevelyan that no one knows? Um, uh, look at a. Uh, uh... Uh, I, I think the transition, you know, for in, for this interview, um, I think there's many funny things that people don't know about John Trevelyan. <laughs> I think um, I, I, I was born in a family with humour and humour has been, um, as a school teacher, humour helped me um, have a fantastic environment in, in high school, girls' high school classrooms teaching maths, which is a pretty tough yeah. role in itself. But um, uh, uh, you know, like I, I wanted to leave teaching, and um, uh, it, 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 it took me twelve months. Jan Willett was in, you know, like was part of that, and has, you know, some probably recollection of, um, of but it, it was, a, it took me a while to, you know, to move, and, mm. um, and that, that also, you know, created its own, um. Uh, you know, gee, am I going to have other experiences other than teaching? Because I wanted other experiences, yeah, yeah. and um, so that was pretty scary. At at, at uh, that was a you know, like that was probably from thirty to thirty-five in terms of sorting myself out, yeah. um, enjoying teaching, enjoying education, um, uh, actually starting a couple of programs in that education that. Uh, that were, you know, Australian first or world first. So I, I, I'm really proud of those initiatives and efforts. Um, Do you want to tell but, us about them? Because I've heard you talk about this before. So what were those programs? Uh, that, those things were um, uh, in the in the field of, um, I, I taught at Maroubra Junction Girls High School and with an, another person who, Margaret Varity, who went on to become uh, the, I think, the best uh, high school Principal, she was at Sydney Girls High School and achieved outstanding, outstanding results there. And uh, we we created the first Australian work experience program for high school uh, year eleven girls. And you, you can go back those years and 
you know, in, in many families at those stages, girls should leave in year 10 in inverted commas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, you know, we actually, and, and one anecdote, I wasn't, you know, like, but um, we got them jobs and we got them senior jobs and we got them jobs that needed further education and they went and tried those positions. And um, sometimes they didn't come from environments that those positions would have been achievable from. And, um, you know, I never forget, um, I rang a, a cold call, a lawyer named Rod McGeoch, and, um, and he took a year 11 girl in the first program of, um, of, of work experience for senior high school female students. And all those years later, we worked, you know, like not, not reasonably closely on a number of projects one of them was you know getting the olympics yeah. and i you know i had not the role that he had in any way shape or form but uh you know like it's just um a a, a good person is always a good person and um and and I, I that that did teach me something about the fact that um uh take the good people with you and and you Good people have usually always got time for people. Just let me write that down. That's such a good quote. Take the good people with you. With you. Good don't, people. Don't all... leave them in the other careers that you you might have left, or the changes in job that you have within the within your own career. Because good people are hard to find. Well, because um, you're you're my kind of the guru or my, the 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 wise man that I look into for for um, leadership gems, and it's pretty sad that um, that that's the reality. What you just said, good people yeah. are hard to find in because uh, yeah. uh, uh, you're such a yeah. you're such a positive man. That's a that's a big uh, and it's probably true. Like there's so many um, books, there's thousands of books about leadership, and most of them now kind of talk about burnout and and how poorly people are treated and your 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 that statement from someone at the top of their game in leadership is is a big statement so that's really yeah. good that's really honest john thank you can you just yeah. tell us um how old were you then like i, I want to like what year okay, are we talking I was, about I, I, at my age is really simple <laughs> i was born in um, 1950 so the olympics were in 2000 so i was 50 and yeah. um you know, if you if anyone's smart that today's um you know like 2023 and in a couple of weeks I'm 73 <laughs> and still enjoying not many projects but um you know a number of projects but still enjoying uh, a, a really fantastic thing for me is um interacting with um so many of the people that have you know on a personal level now and a social level now um that were you know that were people that i worked with you know yeah. so um uh, that that's that's a, that's a bonus always and um i i i truly um came from a, a a very humorous and generous family and uh that's a beautiful that's, you know like i i think that that's where uh i was very lucky um uh, we were reasonably bright um three kids but we um we definitely had humor in our house every day we you know we had normal normal conditions i think if you look at you know how australian families were in um 
in in you know i was born in 1950s i just said and um uh you know so uh that that era um we we um you know and, and our dad did well so he he did well as we you know progressed through our teenage years and so we we did um we started in um housing commission house and uh we you know like we did move on from uh uh that that environment to a slightly when we moved to newcastle and because he had got a job promotion and i guess that that was you know us all you know leaving what we really loved we lived in manly which was surfing and you know like all the sport sports mad environment and 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 people mad environment to, to newcastle where we we actually fell in love with newcastle as well but it was on our dad achieving some things so 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 achievement was important uh, my brother was the youngest um uh person to do medicine at that time he was 16 when he entered medicine yeah. and he did five it was a five-year course and he did it straight and then he was conscripted sorry straight into um uh to go to vietnam as he came out of university and um so our teenage years had vietnam in um uh teenage and early 20 years had uh vietnam and so you know that's 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 the age group that i grew up in well well it's a big I, um big yeah uh, it's uh, well that's what i love about this this interview series so many leaders such as yourself um attribute where they are today from their family upbringing um, yeah. or, or some you know some people didn't have a good family so it's from from some other relative or mentor that helped them but probably 80% of the interviews talk about the impact their family environment had on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were told we were going to be prime minister nearly every night. Okay. Um, <laughs> my sister was, um, uh, you know, like uh, we, we had an encouraging environment to, to do what we wanted to do, I believe, in terms of not so much radically, Newcastle's not a radical city, but, um, but definitely encouraged to, to, you know use the skills that we had good stuff good stuff well i'm kind of up i want to start on what your story is so you kind of take this there a little bit but i'm just curious with what you led with about something that, about you that people didn't know and you went to humor in the workplace and humor humor in um teaching but a lot that's why, why i asked you right so you you were about 30 35 years old when you decided to leave when you were teaching i think um uh yes yeah. so i was um i only taught for uh six years and i was um generously take uh you know i had to go for the position but i i became um involved uh, the starting work experience at maruba junction girls high school it led to um a leadership position in the regional um uh central metropolitan regional education i can't think of what the exact title was but uh, and that then led to leadership and um and and doing a lot more speeches and then when i i left i um uh i was very fortunate there's a lot of humor um associated with this interview but i was a career i had been a careers advisor i started as a math teacher and um i went for a job at the Australian Bicentennial Authority working yeah, yeah. with um, New South Wales and that's that was the leap that, that took me into um, 
the events industry more particularly, even though it started being in the events and education and ran the first fully sponsored careers market for 50,000 school kids at um, at Moore Park. And I got the first sponsorship for the New South Wales um, Education Department. Um, uh, so there was a number, you know, so I guess I was heading somewhere down that path of um, events and, um, and, and trying to do big things for in a small way, maybe. Trying to do big things in a, in a small way. Okay, so I'm really curious. I'm going to take you back to this work experience, seeing this work experience, you started it uh, at a national level, but I love why you started it. Um, you, were, you wanted to give opportunity to young women in year 11 and 12 because they weren't encouraged to go past year 10. So yeah, where, okay. where, where, did the, where did that come? Like in 1980, um, like you, as you've already said it, the, the schooling system didn't support women going on. Uh, yeah, they so, were, um, so where did it come from? Uh, look, that one um, came from uh, Margaret, uh, who I said, Margaret Verity was just a, a, an absolute uh, and still is an absolutely fantastic person and friend. Um, but, you know, like in those days, um, girls sort of got to year 10 and even their family sort of said, well, what are you going to do? And um, and then there'd be, you know, at a girls' high school, um, uh, uh, you know, there'd be a small year 11 and year 12 remain. Mm. And um, we commenced work experience. Um, and, and you know, like what, what was, it, it, you look at gems of leadership, but um, we had to go to this, you know, and I don't, do not remember the number, but say there were, 63 staff members in Maroubra Junction Girls High School. Margaret and I attended, um, uh, you know, a staff meeting. We had to put in why we wanted to do work experience for the year 11s, which meant two weeks out of the school curriculum. Yeah. And this was not happening anywhere else in Australia. And that school, that afternoon, um, the staff voted to support the work experience program. And um, I, I've got to say, a lot of it was on the nature that Margaret had and the leadership that Margaret had, and hopefully the leadership and nature that I had um, and, and the way that we had presented it. But that then started, um, you know, we had to get approvals. You can imagine yeah. the red tape, uh, yeah. just given both our backgrounds, the red tape involved in change. Pretty good, and and but I, I, you know, like I, the the staff voted on that. You know, like it was, it was quite a significant number with a, a very small number against, mm -hmm. and some of the people against were just that you know, Latin and um, English, and they were you know, how could we lose two weeks a year? Yeah, yeah. out of those subjects, so they were passionate about. They weren't against work experience so much. They were just passionate about their own subjects. And we, you know, like, so that, that you know, I, I guess I'm very much about people power and people, you know, like, because the principal of that school um, put it to a vote and could have easily shut us down. Um, you know, so that fairness and that generosity, le leadership, good leadership has got to be very generous and it's got to trust. And, and then there's got to be, um, you know, I don't mean 
going to war or any of those things that but you know like there's got to be bravery in the way that people lead it sounds like a like there's a whole story here on this um, you could t tell us about so you talked about what do you think um led to the such a positive vote was it you kind of touched on the leadership qualities of um margaret and you yeah. and and you were you're pretty modest about yeah. yourself, but I'd say it's also you. Um, we, what, we what? Um, you know, like we had positive energy in that school. Um, you know, it was a girls' school, and I'm going to uh, just say that, um, uh, you know, like there was there was uh, there was trust and honesty in me um, by by the girls, and um, and and we, you know, like. Uh, I we put lots of hours into those kids in that school um, and that was and those and the teachers respected that and you know so if we were going to introduce a work experience program um, you know part of it was because girls were leave, being left behind um, in 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 the the you know where where the, where they should be going um, and what they should be aspiring to and I guess, you know, like that's <laughs> I, as as we go back to my mum and dad, you know, they, they were telling me I should be prime minister every day, <laughs> of the, you know, like, I mean, yeah. not yeah. really, but, you know, that humour about yeah. Yeah. family. And here were girls being told, you know, well, you know, let's go and get this particular job because that's all you're worthy of, you know. Yeah. And um, so that was quite a conflict for energetic, positive people and Margaret. Well, Margaret just, you know, was a leader then, but she proved her leadership with so many inspirational changes and leadership of of of, of uh, the state in being at Sydney Girls High School. I think you've just uh, nominated the next guest on the show, if, if she'll come on the show, what it sounds like. I, I think that she will, <laughs> and um, she's, she's one in a million. Um, the humour... Uh, uh, I had um, a reputation of humorous <laughs> classroom, but a successful classroom. And, um, uh, you know, you and, and you know, like one of the, it, just coming back to leadership is um, I tried to know every girl's name in the school, which I'm not, it wasn't a huge school, but I did try to know it, not just in my classes, but in the school and to value. So, you know, being a male, I, I, I had to get through to, to be closer to the kids. I had to, you know, coach sport yeah. and, um, and, you know, like, uh, and, 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 and teach well. And, um, you know, it's amazing, um, uh, how ev everyone respects a person who works hard, has aspirations for those individuals and tries to, you know, leave them better each day. And that, you know, so teaching's a very, a, a, a great career. And, you know, like there's always issues in terms of funding and all of those things. But, you know, trying to inspire people to be better is is a, a lovely way to spend your life. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> that's, that's what this show is all about, essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So interviewing people that do exactly, inspire people to be better. Um, mm. Do you want to give it? A, you've hinted at this a few times. So humour. You said you are uh, you had humour in the classroom, and you're a maths teacher. Can you remember a funny story about how a maths teacher makes 
mass fun. Uh, and well, and... you know, like um, sometimes the kids wouldn't even look up for my humour, so you've got to take it that that wasn't always humorous. But I would, um, you know, like uh, I, I had a very nervous deputy principal at one stage, and if kids got if and and these are girls, um, but if they got a sum wrong, they had to race over, not breathe, not talk, race to the assembly hall. Uh, building touch the wall and race back and then they weren't to get a sum wrong you know so <laughs> I did not have a classroom I had a school and um I I ran junior um uh what do you, what do you call them uh, weekly meetings of the whole junior school but you couldn't have a negative you could not make a negative comment so a, a teacher couldn't come into that assembly and give the kids a roof you know like of um yeah, of yeah. negativity those you know like we tried to be positive on every when they arrived at school and we were one of the first schools and not started by me I think I supported it very much but you know we were providing meals for kids who had didn't get meals at home and so we were we were one of the good schools that was looking out you know for the whole life of kids and you know and I, I had you know like 50 or 60 colleagues that pretty much were doing similar sorts of things. So it was a lovely environment. That's beautiful. Beautiful, John. So you've kind of taken us there already. So uh, I might just explore a little bit of where you've taken us to and then we'll, we'll jump on from there. So you said that um, you left teaching after about six years and you went into... Um, uh, sort of the, regional, more, you know, helping run the education department running work experience running those careers markets suddenly they were valuable and they needed to be done and they couldn't just be done by teachers anymore yeah. and coordinating work you know coordinating and and so suddenly kids were going to TAFE courses before they were so they try TAFE yeah um, they try university even so what we'd done with work experience we actually interacted with the community so uh, we were, you know, Maruba Junction, not far from Botany. So we would have some TAFE courses on a, on, um, uh, you know, a tanker boat um, yeah. or, a, you know, so we would try and give kids realistic experiences about careers that they might like to enter and, um, and doing TAFE courses that, you know, like um, went out and actually did practical work yeah. So, or cooking, or you know, like whatever, uh, um, and and also, you know, just that, um, uh, you know, that even in those initial years, and you know, I go back to the Rod McGeoch story, but there can be twenty-seven thousand stories across New South Wales. There were girls that wanted to be, uh, you know, work in the space area, work in the. And and um, but it was you know at that time it was pretty restricted to get there, and um, if you had a you know if you're in a family environment, um, uh, you know there was a little bit more focus on the boys to maybe stay and the girls yeah. to get that job that helped mum and dad, um, you know get yes. through the day because Maroubra Junction um, there was a fairly significant migrant um, intake there yeah. and. Um, and and you 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 helped and supported your family and um, very 
very decent students on the whole, you know, yeah. very decent people, I guess. I was saying I didn't look at them as students, but, yeah. you know. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I just, uh, a little aside, my police career started in Maroubra. Uh, that's right. That's oh, where okay. I, yes, in, in 1980, I lived in Chifley. So, oh, well, yeah, yeah I know, so. you know, that, that some of the kids came from Chifley, mate. Yeah, you know, yeah, so I yeah. know, yeah, that's exactly right, you know. Yeah. Um, so you said you, there's a whole range of stories there, like, uh, the, the careers market, uh, the, um, and everything you did, you, you, you took on this kind of, um, regional leadership role at, at a, what would you call that at a central level, I suppose? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and it was, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, the roles were, um, you know, like, uh, to make sure work experience and, um, careers advisors and, you know, there were courses for people to become, um, uh, uh, you know, specialists within areas that were growing over those, uh, over that period of time. And so teachers were selected, <clears throat> out of their roles and and uh you know like something that was very interesting but you, you didn't leave teaching you had a two-year or three-year role as a consultant to something and your okay. the view that's was good. that you would go back to teaching or go back to leadership you know interesting and that's um that's a very trusting organization to let that happen because they're, yeah they're actually empowering their people to to gather more skills and bring it back and share it forward yeah, it's pretty that's pretty amazing yeah. So you, so you, I think you, because um, we're only a little bit into your story. So yeah, you, but um, I wanted to. Um, I, I thought a very important person for me um, was Des Des Renford. Okay. And yeah. um, he he really at at the, at the school I was at, I had a leaning to work with people with intellectual disability or disability, and and. Um, uh, he he opened the door for that for me with um looking at a couple of areas and he he was um he was you know like to see the dedication he needed to swim that channel mm. and to um you know I guess uh I guess I had um you know like uh, some real role models that Des Renford had a heart you know as big as himself in terms of you know all of his swimming commitments. Um, but uh, he also loved people. He loved helping people. So mm. he he was um, and 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 you know like the other thing he had, Alan, which is I think a freak a frequent interrupter of my not interrupter but um, you know a traveler with me is humour. You know, yeah. so Des Renford had one of Australia's best sense of humours, and I'll never forget. I'm in a cab, so randomly in a cab. He's being interviewed on the radio in the cab by the BBC, and they said, "Why, you know?" And he's being the the BBC guy thinks he's being serious, and they said, "You know, why did you take up swimming the English Channel?" And he he looked at it, the bloke and said, "I never learnt to tumble turn." <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I can give you twenty seven of his stories of you know, like, but he had great humour and was so well liked by his um you know the teams around him yeah. and he you know he 
the support and the sponsorship and the funding he got to do what he did was a combination of all those lovely um, leadership qualities. Yeah, God. You're a walking, talking encyclopedia, mate. And but, and you, I, I don't think you have any idea. You're so humble about how good you really are. So um, let's let's move on because we're we're not we're, we haven't even kind of started really. Yeah, well, um, I, I will. <laughs> I will just do one thing that I, I feel is really important. Um, one one of the things in the roles I had and the, the, this. Uh, was we were given um, a, a, an Olympic role, but it was um, to bring all of the government agencies together um, to um, and 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 the community. So the that that were in New South Wales, but sort of principally they had head offices in the state. And and Jan Willett played a key role in this. Um, a uh, couple of Georgie uh, Solomon, um, Melanie Booth. Um, I, I want to make one point that you know we yes we might be you know characters with humour or or whatever, but the most important thing in those meetings of bringing all the government agencies together for the Olympic Games um, was that a couple of years out people hadn't taken the meetings really. That, that had already been commenced by somebody, they, they hadn't taken them um, really seriously. And one of the things in terms of preparing for this interview was um, the fact that not anything to do with personality so much, and yes, they did play a factor, there's no doubt about that. But um, our small team, I said Jan and Georgie and uh, Melanie, um, specifically, but there is a much broader group than that, uh, and definitely over the years. Um, all, all we did was we decided to respect the meeting, and the meeting was a gathering of government agencies. Well, how important is that? Yeah, and it yeah. was a meeting to gather the agencies to talk about how the city ran in events, how the city, you know, and that was New Year's Eve. These are the things that were already on uh, carols by candlelight, um, Mardi Gras, um, uh, and and to get all the government agencies. And and I, I, you know, like what's stuck in my mind, and I've, I've wanted to tell you since you invited me to come and talk with you. <laughs> but the one thing that we got right was we respected the meeting and the tools of the meeting. And independent of any of those fantastic personalities of people I just mentioned, we made sure we took the minutes of the meeting. We made sure we got them out to them within a couple of days of the meeting. Um, we made sure that we, the work that was put up, so, you know, uh, we need to know this or we need to know that or we need a report or what does, um, you know, what does the water board do down near Circular Keep, um, you know. Uh, the, the, our, our small little team uh, got all the results and what had been prior to us taking over, the meetings had been running but no one had been turning up and some of that's the distance of time without a yeah. doubt. Yeah. But... Um, what what our small team did was respected the tools of the meeting and implemented them. And and it's just funny that, you know, like, and maybe even going back to that school where, you know, Margaret and I had to go in front 
you know, 60 teachers to try and get a, you know, a program that became international mm. up. You know, that needing, that the respect of uh, principally public servants, but not all of them public servants, was we, with that, you know, minutes, you know, if there was a question raised, getting the answer to that question and getting it to the person, but also getting it reported back at the meeting. And it sounds very funny. It sounds probably very boring, but that played such a key role in people attending the meetings in agencies you know so so not us as individuals not very important but us as representing government you know building an olympic games of which the city was going to be inundated you know for 16 days at least um a couple of months in in true or more than a couple of months but um but you know like we 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 got it right in those very very early days and i'm you know i'd be exaggerating if i told if i knew exactly the correct date sorry yeah but yeah. we just got the mechanics right yeah and that's what you know like more than you know oh, john's got a good personality or john's funny or chan's this or um we we people respected that they got information Mm. And they were looking for that, you know, like that's always something good to remember is people want their jobs to, you know, to be successful in their jobs. And they, in, and especially if they're working for the whole of the New South Wales com community or the whole of the Australian community in terms of government roles or, you know, like uh, getting just getting what you've been asked to do right is sometimes important and can help you grow. Beautiful. You know, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have thought that getting the minutes, <laughs> a person with my personality would be so pleased when the minutes being right <laughs> and the minutes going out, um, you know, like, an, but, but we all were, you know, because we knew that the mechanics were equal to any other role of, you know, great personality or, you know, it's a, it's easy to come in here and we can all have a coffee downstairs at a really good coffee shop and it's, you know, it's three hours out of our Monday mornings. Yeah. Everyone had really tough, important Monday mornings, but once a month they came to Premier and Cabinet and and they felt like they were part of a, of, you know, of a, of a statewide team, but they really felt they were part of it because they could ask a question and guess what? They got a written answer yeah, yeah. and um, and they got a written and then they got a verbal answer in, in the next meeting. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like your organisation, my, you know, where I was coming from, it's still so important. Oh, totally. Well, if I can just give you some feedback. Um, I mean, you've you've taught me so many things. Like you're a gentleman, your agency in your in your leadership qualities is is something I, I will always treasure. But probably the simplest thing you taught me to how to do was how to run a meeting that's yeah. action orientated, that respects people, um, and out of that yeah. flows some amazing things. So I I, well, per I personally thank you, and I'm sure yeah, a lot of well, agencies thank you too. Yeah, and no, I I want to not deflect because, but it. it we didn't realise how simple it was to do, and it wasn't. It was a small team, but it was a team, and we knew that we had to put energy. And the funniest thing, Alan, is that um, you know, and time is a factor in in the result. But you know, like suddenly we had 
suddenly we are being recognised for this meeting. Mm. And suddenly it was a group of people that could make a difference. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like prior to to that, not getting, you know, like violins out or anything, but um, but it, it, it was a group of reasonably young, but people with responsibility within their, you know, the police force or um, traffic roads and transport and traffic or or maritime services or city of Sydney um you know other cities as well suddenly suddenly we were linked in and and as a as a group we we had power yes and as a group we we were passing on information that was important to our leaders you know both um uh, political and um and and within the the uh, public sector you know well done mate. well done um it's so you're so on the money with that so I'm just conscious of what what what's left of your story, but in this in this you, you said early on that you were part of the bicentennial um, organisation, which seems to pre, pre is a prelude to the Olympics. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I know you did something with the Sydney Harbour Bridge in the bicentennial. Do you want to talk about that? Is that, uh, is that, I, that? Look, um, what did we do? We uh, you know like uh, when. Um, uh look i'm trying to think of uh things the um the the i was uh i i my role in um the bicentenary was the uh, director of australia day um the um and and then i was community i was that as well as community relations manager of um i'm going to be personal for a minute but the community relations manager leading into the bicentenary, I, I met most, you know, I feel like I met most of the people in New South Wales in that community relations role. And again, you know, like coming back to that Olympic committee story, um, we had a, a, you know, like a philosophy of, of, of getting back to local government areas, people in the community, so we feel that we were really supportive of the community. We've always tried to be that in everything that we did. Um, and then, um, you know, like uh, 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 the the big shows or or supporting, we we really I feel um, as a group, you know, got some worldwide recognition in terms of um, uh, you know like being able to. Uh, paint Sydney, New South Wales and Australia, at least contribute to that having a world reputation as an events capital. And, um, you know, like, and I'm not, I'm not being, um, uh, uh, we, we, we didn't have the total, you know, I'm not being kind or generous where, you know, like we played a small role, but we play, we were, we played a successful role. Oh, totally. totally. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's one of the things in life is, um, uh, you know, like is 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 be successful at what's ahead of you. You know, like, and you can't. I I wouldn't have known any of the things that were coming up in my life, but it, it was you know being successful and 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 putting good people around you, which we started the interview with. Um, if you can put good people around you, like I rang someone 
um, because I'm getting old. Uh, just before we came on air, I rang um, Melanie Boo to get uh, yeah, yeah. Georgie Solomon's um, name because the both of them, you know, like uh, like Jan Willett and uh, Christopher, you know, I, I just don't want to go into the name, but they they um, they were brave. Georgie and Melanie were brave because they really. Um, they really allowed us to say what we needed for Sydney to be successful in the Olympic Games within Sydney, you know, within the operation of Sydney. And it was their ability and their strength of characters um, that, you know, like really allowed us to get so much in the years following correct. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, um, it, it's so it's just amazing what what people can contribute and i i you know the, the the thing for me and and definitely i've sort of not said much about the police service but um in but you know like having friendships in with with um you know the the all of you and you know like all of the people within the police force and and you know all of the government agencies that allowed us we we actually i think you know in the long term you know really assisted in sydney having that world reputation really assisted sydney um you know like people thinking well australians can do it and we were only one small part of australia but we definitely had a success rate i don't know you know from about year 2000 till about 2010 there seemed to be world championships and everything happening yeah and that was i think you know that environment of of sydney being you know so successful in the olympic games and all of us playing that small role of sydney actually operating on a day-to-day basis um as as a constructive city still as um as an olympic city you know well done do you want to tell a story um because there's got to be stories behind it. You're the guy, from what I understand, that put um, grass all across the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Uh, yeah, it wasn't my idea, but it was um, <laughs> you... uh, Jeff Parmenter's idea, who was destination um, uh, destination New South Wales CEO. And, um, yeah, we just, we just got it right and our team's got it right. I'll never forget... Um, going into a couple of offices and just throwing very high offices in New South Wales and just throwing grass across their desk. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, we, um, uh, it was, a, we, we, you know, it was a very difficult thing to do, but the result, I guess it, it's a really good example of, um, of what it brought to Sydney because, um, the New York times, uh, I think featured Australia about three times in the paper and never had it been on the front page. And a page, the the Harbour Bridge being covered by grass was a photo on the front page of the New York Times. And this is how events can impact. Um, and and yes, the backstory of that is um, uh, lots of practice, lots of preparation, lots of interagency work uh confidence uh, leadership even on the night um you know some drug affected uh, kids um got a car 
onto the bridge where we had people just walking, laying grass and all of the things associated. Um, and 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 the team, the team which was all of the government agencies, and you know, you can imagine um, I'm, I am going to, you know, single out um, uh, transport and traffic and police and you know those key agencies for that particular job. Um, there was uh, there was so much respect, so much again humour, and so much um, uh, I guess trust in 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 all of us. Um, I think I think we were half an hour early opening the bridge for that. Yeah. And that um, that that uh, you know I'd, I'd defy any other city to have been able to do that and to get the people right in the mixture. And it was sort of like just a daily thing for us. It was just the next job, if you know yeah. what I mean. And that that's how professional our team was. And I mean, when I say our team, I mean, you know, probably a thousand people in that in that team that actually did that job you know yeah okay so and, I mean, and another one is um what's the uh lady um uh you know one of the uh highest uh, the television day show um she came to australia um oprah oprah winfrey oprah winfrey yeah. um honestly this is the truth um they had decided um I went into a meeting at uh, about 9.30, 10 o'clock with her team um, and they decided not to come to Sydney because they didn't feel that they had um, uh, the, um, you know, the, all of the things that they needed to achieve and part of that was the broadcast from the Opera House. Yeah. Um, Oprah wasn't there, but um, I, I became very good friends with this team, I've got to tell you. and. Um, but this day, you know, like a way before that, um, I, 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 they said, what can I show them that means that they have the uh, courage to bring Oprah to Sydney and do the Opera House? And um, I said, well, look, by four o'clock, I'll have these sort of things in place and I'll have 20 people in the room here um, that can not can just speak about what they potentially can do and you have questions and that afternoon they uh, I had 20 people in the room and Oprah Winfrey agreed to come wow. and um the uh, and that you know Oprah, uh, Oprah Winfrey's team had ag agreed to come and she had the uh, but uh the friendship was that with that team was uh, and the humor with that team as as you know like uh what we developed that project with all of the agencies as it, it's 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 a true lesson in teamwork and and again that um that respect and and um you know like uh, i i guess that understanding but also coming back to the tools of what we need to work with was you know like obviously they went back to america and the tools were phone calls and um and and minutes of meetings and attending meetings and you know so it's just just that people interaction well I mean, you're just ticking off some like the let's let's just well, we're more than halfway through, but so work experience, a national a national program. Your your fingers are in in that. Then we have turf, putting turf across the Sydney Harbour Bridge. God God knows how hard that was, but you did it easily. Mm. Opera Winfrey. Uh, can coming I just up. stop yeah. and say, um, <laughs> you know, because I think it's important on the leadership. Jeff Parmenter, um, I think he's 
you know, like he's definitely got his own consultancy. I think he's working on uh, Queensland Olympics, but he he went through a very difficult um, period where he lost his wife to cancer, and um, uh, but he he was lo- much loved by um, so many of us. And um, his daughter just made the Australian women's netball team, like the senior yeah, well, team, yeah. and uh, you know, like without. Over, you know, like I think she lost a mum sort of probably in the teenage years. She was probably, yep. you know, I, th- I think she's around 20, 20, 21 now. So I'm guessing these things and, you know, like, a, a, but, you know, I, I'm just saying the quality of people that we worked with, you know, and there's Jeff as a single parent. Yep. He's very senior person. So he's a very busy person. But there's the quality, you know, loses his lifelong partner. But the quality is there. His daughter goes on to represent Australia. So that determination, that family, and and you know, like I mean, I'm I'm I can use so many examples of the families of these people that we've all worked with, Alan. You know, you 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 got to you got to say we had quality people, and they, they proved that quality. They, we saw examples of it. Uh, we didn't just, you know, and we never probably heard how good people were at things. And that's just an example of one person in our group, a leader, but a, 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 an important leader. But, you know, there he is in his own personal life. His t- daughter um, loses a mum, but makes, you know, makes still makes the Australian netball side with the environment. Um, he and his, uh, her dad and a mum, you know, both provided at home. And I, I guess... That's where I've been very fortunate. Um, uh, you know, it, it's uh, when when I was in premier and cabinet, and then I I worked across a number of fields. Um, we had centenary of federation as well as the Olympic Games, as well as reconciliation. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to have a key role in um, in the Indigenous walk across the Harbour Bridge. Um, and, and and when I say have a key role, that was all of us. And um, you know, like uh, the 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 David Richmond that was head of um, you know the the government side of um, uh, of the Olympic Games, um, the person that he had chosen to be second in charge. Um, you know, like they were good leaders. Um, they were excellent leaders, and. Um, so we were in an environment of, um, of an environment of aiming for success. I didn't have that many times when I thought I was in an environment of looking at failure. Yeah. So you know, like so, okay, I I do you know love to be rewarded um, with the roles that I might have played, but you know, like I was very fortunate, Jeff Parmenter's one of them, Jan Willett's one of them, uh, you know, I'm missing a lot of names when I say that, um, uh, you know, many, many police officers, Craig Sheraton, and, um, you know, people that, uh, you know, like, we 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 aim for success, mate. Mm. Very true. So do you want to tell us a little bit about, because we, we, you've kind of gone there a little bit, you went to Department of Premier and Cabinet as the Director of Planning or Events or whatever it was called then. And so um, what's, look, what's... I went to, I had a very funny job because I'd been a careers advisor. I went to the job and and as I said, I had, I, I stumbled a bit as I was trying to leave 
the Department of Education and it's hard to go from, you know, various areas. And uh, I've got a job I was interviewed for um, and I was a careers advisor, so I should have some ability in this field. But um, I've gone for a job. Margaret Verity, who I talked about earlier, she's given me a briefcase, which I had nothing in it. Um, <laughs> and I've gone in and very important community members, the Australia Day Council. And I went in the day before the interview. I got it yeah. wrong. And, you yeah. know, as a careers advisor, that's a pretty stupid thing to do. But humour has followed me everywhere. And halfway through the interview, um, you know, the chairman, his name was Max Sando, head of the ANZ Bank in Australia. And he said, oh, Mr. Trevelyan, you were here yesterday. And um, I said, yes, I was. I said, I'm very keen. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, you know, like, so you got to, uh, as a trained careers advisor, I'd gone in the day before, yeah. dressed in my suit, which I was dressed in the same clothes the next day because <laughs> I didn't have that many ties and suits and white yeah. shirts. But, you know, like, and, and so, yeah, just um, very, very quickly, I, I, uh, and and I, I did try and bring people that I knew in, and uh, but I tried to bring people that were in great jobs. I... You know, we had um, many roles um, and we we had many, many, we were never not busy. And you know that as a, as a, a key person in, in planning and development and all of the things that we've done together. But, you know, like um, we, we, we never lost, like we took on um, really um, so many roles, but we never lost a role. We kept it going. And that's, I think that's, you know, like, uh, if you don't mind me saying something, you know, keeping all those things of Australia Day and, uh, uh, you know, like, I, I, you know, like even as late as, um, you know, 2016 and, and bringing, um, it's a little bit longer than that, sorry, uh, but bringing Australia Day, it sounds funny in a sentence, but we brought Australia Day round from Darling Harbour where it was getting about 100 and 20,000 people and it was a beautiful show and John Foreman who's a personal friend so um, he he picked up the directorship and we put it on the Opera House forecourt we got funding from Destination New South Wales and it became you know and he is a national television show and there's now no you know I'm not necessarily saying that Australia Day should go on in how it is in terms of um, the comments and um and, and and Australia Day might need to change and fully fully appreciate that. But in terms of working on an event, um, we made sure that it grew and um, you know, and went into a national television show. Um, John's just been made the national chair of um of of Australia Day. So he's gone from the uh, creative director to the national chair and and correctly so. And and so there's, you know all of these things are on their own journey and um hopefully um uh, you know there's there's a lot of care taken um to you know to value indigenous thoughts and um and and then in in every way like um you know like jan i think just worked on a huge religious uh, ramadan um you know like so you know like this events industry and you know like um touches everyone in the community in a, in a, in 
or you become involved in in so many community decisions and thoughts and where's Australian society heading? So, yeah, you know, lots yeah. of roles. I think you, you mentioned Jan. I think one of the things in her interview that she was most proud of was um, the World Pride event, the Sydney World yeah. Pride. Yeah, yeah, as well. So, um, well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, like, yeah. it's, I, I live in the inner city and, um, uh, you know, like there was definitely, a, I had nothing to do with it, by the way. And um, there was a, there was a warmth and a spirit and a humour and, you know, you just, you, you know, you're just very proud of Sydney. Very good. Well, you've, you've talked about your, I mean, you could talk forever on your role in Department and Premier and Cabinet. Is there, and I think you just touched on Australia Day, is there, is there one particular thing, one event, something that really, that you're proud of or that really hits your heart in in your time as Director of Events for New, for New South Wales? Um, well, I, I'd like to answer that in two ways and saying all the events are fantastic. Um, you, you know, like I think working on an Olympic Games and the impact, um, you know, like uh, I, I think like the athletes of the day, you know, like I, it's so good in Sydney that, you know, when our age group looks back, one of the key things and elements that we look at is Roy and HG's um, yeah, yeah. show that they did. So Sydney... Sydney just had the right spirit and, you know, we wish um, Brisbane um, fantastic success. Um, I, I, you know, I mentioned Des Renford, but he introduced me to um, uh, the intellectually disabled um, uh, and, and um, I went to one of the World Games in Athens I, um, and I was chair. So a volunteer job, but I was chair of um, a particular uh, the the Asia Pacific Games, and um, uh, you know, like a, a really, um, uh, I think I think it was seventeen thousand intellectually disabled kids. They all stayed in motels or hotels, or um, they came to Newcastle and the Hunter Valley, and. Um, uh, we raised a tremendous amount of money um, to put for them to have the experience. Every every I was a member of in as growing up of of Merriweather Surf Club, and every surf club hosted an, a nation from um, as uh, uh, from uh, you know Caves Beach right up until um, I've gone blank on the air, but past Raymond Terrace there. Um, so the community, um, you know, what what I was very proud of, I, I forget how much it costs for tickets uh, for intellectual disability, but the Newcastle crowd um, supports sport and the Newcastle crowd uh, and, and, uh, and I had people like, um, uh, Peter um, uh, from Channel Nine um, News, Peter Overton, Overton yeah, yeah. and um, his family, and um, John Foreman, and all of those people sort of um, just gave their time. But uh, I think last weekend, I think they had twenty six thousand people at a Newcastle Knights game, and we had about twenty three, twenty four thousand come to a night launch of um, of uh, the uh, uh, Asia Pacific Special Olympics, which was um, 
you know, the the Hunter Valley hosting um, uh, intellectual disability and 17,000 kids, as I said, and, uh, you know, like that, that was um, uh, emotionally uplifting for me that there was so much, and Australia is like this, is so much volunteering goes into um, in, into major, major activities, you know, like not just sport, but all of those activities, um, you know, orchestras and there's just so much commitment to Australia being better than and, and punching above their weight. Wow. And you're still, I, I've, I've seen you, um, I'm glad you went there because I was going to take you there if you didn't, if, you're, if your modesty didn't take you there. So you went to um, this, this disability, intellectually, intellectually disabled games, world games, and you're still, are you still involved in that? And you, yeah, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm, I've been a mentor to, uh, a, you know, one particular athlete uh, with the best sense of humour. So she's done 10 rock to rocks, which is one and a half kilometres swim, ocean swim at Elizabeth Beach uh, near, near um, Foster. Um, we've raised a couple of million dollars um, in events that we've run for that particular dance group. Um, they've, they've danced uh, in, in Times Square, um, but they've also put on annual shows. So, uh, you know, like if, uh, and I spend, I'm, I'm very fortunate to spend um, uh, at least um, on a daily basis, three or phone calls a day from um, Melissa Eustace. And uh, she's now um, working, um, you know, I've gone right through her schooling. I've been very fortunate to, to have her as um, a constant companion um, as she, um, you know, she's taking her career in different areas, but uh, we're, we're trying to, um, uh, so at 73 years of age, and you'll know if I fail or not, I'm going to say we're trying to, uh, get a, a, a show on um, and we've got such positive support uh, from the International Convention Centre at Sydney. The people there have given us a theatre and we're going to try and develop a television show with the ABC, with John Foreman. So people that keep reappearing in, in my life um, to, to each year on International Day of um, Disability, um, which is the 3rd of December, have a concert that highlights um, uh, people with a disability and their artistic performance, not their sporting performance. And that's the goal over the next couple of years. So we've had a couple of um, setbacks and, and, and a real hero of mine is Kurt Fernley. So Kurt, you know, like, I don't know if, it, I don't think we saw this on the news, but Kurt Fernley in, in the New York, um, uh, uh, marathon near near the end, he fell out of his wheelchair. He got back in his wheelchair, and he still won the race. And he he is a hero in New York. And um, Kurt's a hero. He, you know, he worked walked the Kokoda Trail. Yeah. He's a brilliant athlete. And um, I feel he's a really special Australian still, with so many achievements ahead of him. And um, you know, so just looking in that, I've taken them too long, but, no, uh, you know, like looking really at that area of disability 
um, whether it's, uh, you know, intellectual or physical or whether you were born with it or whether, you know, it's it's, it's impacted your life in some way, um, of, of what achievement can be gained from that. You're a beautiful uh, person. I'm, I'm sure the listeners, we we could talk all day about your experiences and your gems um, and what, and you've really taken us everywhere that I'd hope you would take take us and, and more places that I some of the gems that you've come out with today. Uh, I, I can't wait to um, kind of upload this interview. It'll be sometime in July when it'll, when it'll go live. But um, I think we're pretty well there. Um, what I like to ask people such as yourself, and, um, and you've got so much to give, um, if you had to give kind of three points of advice for the leaders out there now, and, and bear in mind, you know, that could be someone with five years to go in their leadership uh, position, or they might be just starting out on their leadership career. This interview goes all over the world, New York, um, uh, Europe, uh, different uh, in the Philippines as well. Um, what would be three bits of advice you would give to someone wanting to make a difference in the leadership space and, and maybe step in the path of John Trevelyan? Because you've well, impacted um, so many people. Yeah, look, it, it's it's really um, be themselves. Uh, we I think we said it in our opening comments, but um, uh, be I don't know if we use this word, but be joyous in what you're doing. So I've gone from a mathematics teacher. I'm enjoying that, um, and and to the things that I, but I'm still got joy, still got surprise, still, still definitely got humour about what's ahead of me. And, um, and then um, uh, I, I've, I can, you know, I've done nothing on my own. So I've really always, if I'm going to achieve something, it's with them. Um, it's with talented people that have real abilities and um, uh, and and you need them and don't be scared of the abilities of other people um, embrace them and, um, and 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 add add your qualities to the other people don't try and um, distract from them and that was probably four hundred, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I, uh, I, and I, you just start to share your laugh because uh, you've been so, um, you've been so controlled. It, 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 we're yeah. starting to hear the real drunk Trevelyan, but <laughs> I love that laugh. Add, add, don't detract from others. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Oh God, we could go all day, John. It's uh, it's been such a pleasure, but I think you've really nailed it in those last three things. So well, I hope I haven't um, spent too much time on any any particular um. There's you know like uh, I've enjoyed it. I've I, you know like I want to just say something to you that you've always had quality. What I just spoke about, you've always uh had humor and determination to deliver yourself mate so you know like that that that's why i'm sitting on the other end of the microphone because <laughs> I just have so much respect for you know your leadership and the way you've led your life that's uh, very humbling to get that from someone like yourself um and, and as we talked about john um after this 
interview's over, we'll make an appointment to catch up and yeah. have a coffee and um, I'll That'd learn I'll, I'll learn from your brilliance even more. So thank okay, you, John. Um, thank it's you. It's been, been an absolute pleasure and yeah. I'll, I'll end the interview now. So Okay. Thanks a lot, Alan. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Three leadership gems that John shares with us at the end of the interview, and I think they're pretty special. They're pretty simple, but pretty special. Aspiring leaders should, should number one, be themselves. Number two, be joyous in what you are doing. And number three, work with people with real abilities and, and, add, and add your qualities to the other people and do not try to distract from them. Work with them. Until next time, I hope you enjoyed this interview and um, in a couple of weeks time we have another gem for you. So until then, thank you. <laughs>